0: Good morning. i have got a few intimations uh, that are mostly actually all in the order of service. Just a reminder that the Guild will meet tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening and they're having a quiz, so I definitely won't keep going along because I'm not very good at those things. Uh, Also, if you want to get fit, the exercise classes are returning and the dates and times are in the order of service. If you've got anything for the church magazine, news from the pews, uh, please make sure you email that to Irene, uh, and if you want to know who Irene is, she's sitting just over there, so just if you want to ask about anything that you could put in. The Men's Breakfast Club uh, will be on Saturday, so that's the first time they have met since lockdown, and if you wonder who myself is, that's Stuart uh, from, from the property team, so he's hiding somewhere over there at the moment, are oh, we right in the dark, in the far corner, So. Um, if you want to make sure you book in for that. Uh, Now there's a large intimation on the rear, uh, both of them are are linked, one from the BB uh, about the night before Christmas, they're doing gift bags for the less fortunate that will go to them, so you can drop them off with the BB. But also linked to that, the outreach, uh, sorry, the community support team. they're doing uh, something to support that, which is they're going to hang a washing line in the church so we can put things in that which will all go towards the same, the same thing. Uh, finally, if you have got any other things you'd like to intimate, the details are in the order of service or Margaret Dick, who you can send the intimations to by Wednesday evening. Now, as you know, Vary's off. Um, I'm hoping she's somewhere that's getting a bit better weather than we've got just now. Uh, but thankfully... We've got a well-kent face that many of you know, uh, Reverend Maureen Leach, so Maureen thank you for leading us today and uh, I'll hand over to you.
1: Thank you very much Stephen, good morning to everyone. Morning. It's lovely to be with you here and I will reiterate what Stephen just said, I do hope that is in some part of the country where the rain isn't and that she's having a good and restful holiday. So let us come together today to worship God the Father who out of love created us, God the Son who out of love saves us, God the Spirit who out of love lives in us. And let's do that firstly as we sing our first hymn. It's number 173 in CH4. Sing to God new songs of worship. Let us take time now to come to God in prayer. Let us pray. God, our loving parent, you sometimes seem a long way away from us, lost in the vastness of your creation, outside of time, above space, beyond our understanding. Yet, out of love for us, you sent Jesus into our time and space to be one of us, to share our humanity with its joy and pain, happiness and suffering, togetherness and loneliness. And through the Holy Spirit, you are always with us, as Jesus promised, helping us to love you, prompting us to love our neighbor, and guiding us to follow you all the days of our life. We praise you today for the many ways in which we can see you, in the beauty and wonder of your creation, in the love of parents, brothers and sisters, family and friends, in music, art and literature, in your numerous gifts that we receive day by day. But having received so much, we do ask your forgiveness for the way in which we treat your world, for polluting it and being extravagant with so many of its resources. We ask forgiveness when we have failed to show the love to neighbours and friends in the way Jesus showed us to do, for closing our eyes to the needs of others. Lord, help us to live our lives more closely aligned to your word. All this we ask in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen now have a scripture reading
0: Our first reading this morning is taken from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, reading from verse 1 to verse 7. These are the commandments, statutes and laws which the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, to observe in the land into which you are crossing to occupy it, a land flowing with milk and honey, so that you may fear the Lord your God and keep all his statutes and commandments which I'm giving to you, both you, your children, and your descendants, all your days that you may enjoy long life. If you listen, Israel, and are careful to observe them, you will prosper and increase greatly as the Lord, the God of your forefathers promised you. Hear, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord, our one God, and you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments, which I give you this day, are to be remembered and taken to heart. Repeat them to your children, and speak of them both indoors and out of doors, when you lie down and when you get up. Our New Testament reading is taken from Mark, chapter 13, reading from verse 28 to 34. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its tender shoots appear and are breaking into leaf, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all this happening, you may know that the end is near at the very door. Truly I tell you, the present generation will live to see it all. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Yet about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, not even the Son, no one but the Father. Be in your guard, keep watch, you do not know when the moment is coming. It's like a man away from home, he has left his house and put his servants in charge, each with his own work to do, and he has ordered the doorkeeper to stay awake. Amen, and may God bless these readings from his holy word.
1: We continue our praise of God as we sing from ch 519, Love Divine. let us pray. Lord our God, we ask that you prepare our hearts and our souls to receive your word today. Help us to listen for it eagerly, and we prepare us to be ready to act on it when we leave this place and return again to our community. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I am glad to be with you today and I wonder how you're all doing. It's nice for me, uh, having served with one of the churches in this union, to come back and have a chance to meet up with them again. And I recognize that as a church, this is certainly a time of transition for you. And I'm sure that has brought many new challenges to you not just challenges for this church, but new challenges for the presbytery and new challenges for the national church. For we, without a doubt, are in a time of flux. The church is being forced to think in a very different way compared to the days of the past. (coughs) No longer can it be assumed that churches will be given the right to call when they're vacant. There's now a very complicated process to go through with the need for presbytery Planning to be completed before anything happens. And I'm sure that your session have been working very hard toward being able to engage in that process and making a good case for St George's as it sets out its missional aspirations your session very much will need your prayers at this time. Because they're trying to discern what it is, God's will for this church. I have no doubts whatsoever that God knows what he plans for this church. And you yourselves might have plans for it. But, and this is difficult sometimes to understand, God's plans and our plans may not necessarily be the same. So a process of discernment lies ahead of you. And I would suggest that the first part of that process is a deliberate turning to God and to his word. And perhaps the words we heard this morning from Deuteronomy are a very good place to start. These were the words of Moses when he spoke to his followers and said, keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Teach them to your children and talk about them when you lie down and when you rise. You can check that out in Deuteronomy chapter 6. They're lovely words and they're important words words that transcend the ages, and I want to take a closer look at them today because we are asked to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. And I have done that sort of thing that ministers just really fear. I gave Stephen the wrong reading this morning. Um, It's not his fault, it's my fault. We should have been reading about Jesus telling people to follow that commandment, which is the most important commandment of all, and the second part of it is to love neighbours as to as you love yourself. So when we're looking at what it means to love God, we can perhaps perhaps start first with perhaps we know something about loving our neighbours. And perhaps we're experts at loving ourselves or perhaps we're not. But loving God should come first. Everything else flows from loving God. It should be our greatest obligation and our primary goal. So what might it mean? In the passage from Mark that we should have had, a scribe asked Jesus, which commandment comes first. Now, in the Jewish code, there are not ten commandments, as we know, there are actually 613 commandments, so to pick one from all that number would leave Jesus open to a barrage of criticism, criticism from those who favored other commandments. But then that was probably the purpose of the question in the first place. If you read Mark's gospel, if you get a chance and go and read that passage about loving yourself and loving your neighbors, you'll see, but if you read through the gospel, you'll see that there are many times when the scribes oppose Jesus. They take every opportunity to mock him, to dispute with him and conspire against him. So once more, here they're setting a trap for him. But this particular scribe has to back down when Jesus answers, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart. You can't argue with that. Nobody can argue with that. It had always been the primary obligation for every good Jew to love God with the heart, with the center of the passion and trust. And that's true for Christians as well. We too have adopted that same primary allegiance, you shall love the Lord, your God, your heart. And perhaps we don't have difficulty understanding that, for we certainly associate the heart with love, but actually that's more romantic love. But this love for God is much stronger and much fiercer than romantic love. This is a passionate and trusting love which almost overwhelms understanding And it is from this love that all other love comes. And you as a church need to trust God at present because of the situation that you find yourselves in. But you know, we're also told to love the Lord our God with all our soul. Now, what does that mean? Well, for a real understanding, you have to go back to the Hebrew thought. In Hebrew thought, the soul is the very breath of life, the very part of us that is vital for our existence. If you go back to Genesis and think of that image of God breathing life into an inanimate object, the breath of God blowing life into an inanimate soul. So to love God with your soul is to love God with every breath you take. The source of every breath is the God who breathed life into us. As we remind people, if you can think about a baptismal service, as we remind people, we love, or we have the capacity to love, because God first loved us. If we are commanded to love God with our very soul, then we are only do, doing what God made possible for us to do. We must love God with our soul with every breath we take. In the fourth centuries, some monks visualized this insight in a memorable way. They talked about prayer as a breathing exercise. As you inhale, as you take a breath in, they taught, Thank God for the gifts which are given to you for today. And as you exhale, as you breathe out, tell God how you're going to use these lifts. For example, you might breathe in and say, thank you, God, for daily bread. Then you would breathe out and say something like, God, give me the strength through that bread to do the work that you have given me. Why don't we give it a try? Take a moment to think what you would like to thank God for right now. And then think how you will use that gift when we try this breathing exercise. Okay? Think of something you want to thank God for, and then think how you're going to use it. Let's try it. Okay? Breathe in and breathe out. It's not too difficult. Breathe in, breathe out. The early monk said, let every breath be a prayer. Our breath is always the power behind every word and every song that we utter. If you ever suffer from a chest infection, you will soon find that out when you don't have the breath that you want. But then the commandment goes on to say, You shall love the Lord your God with all your mind. God has given us minds to use, to think, to develop ideas, and to be able to express our thoughts. You know, I've always thought it's a funny thing about churches because often we tend to to leave our minds at the door when we enter a church. It is as if we don't need to think about our Christianity it's almost as if we feel that coming to church is enough. We don't seem to realize that we need to think about what we learn and then apply it outside of church. One of the greatest dangers facing church-going people is that they don't see the connection between what they do in the church on a Sunday and what they do in relation to their neighbor on a weekday. For such people, religion is divorced from life. They make it a private matter between them and God. But if you read your Bible, you will discover that that kind of religion is a distortion. And that's why Jesus linked together the two commands, to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. These two commandments come from the Old Testament. The first, as we heard this morning, comes from Deuteronomy chapter six. The second one comes from Leviticus chapter 19. But in a sense, they are one commandment, the commandment of love. I suppose we could say it's like a coin, one entity with two sides. It is impossible to have one without the other. If we think about our neighbours, it's not that we hate them exactly, it's more that we just don't think about them most of the time. We're indifferent to them. But we are clearly called to love our neighbours. You cannot possibly claim to love God if you don't have love for those in our society and in our world who need our help there's a short little thought-provoking saying that I want to share with you. It goes like this. I sought God, and him I did not see. I sought my soul, but it eluded me. I sought my neighbor and found all three. If we are to help to build the kingdom of God here where God has placed us, then we must show our love for God in how we help and love our neighbours. Who is our neighbour? Anyone who needs our help, our friendship and our love. And that is quite a considerable number of people. And soon, when our presbytery Committee looks at St George's to assess their mission, as they are going to look at every church in the presbytery and assess their mission, one of the things that they will explore is just how you interact with your neighbours in the community. They will want to know just what is the point of St George's Church. What does it offer to its community? How does it impact its community? As Christians, our challenge is to redress the balance in society and prove that love can change society for the better. That's why churches have got involved in something like COP26. What positive messages do you as a church exhibit by your words and your actions? You know, Doing all this might not make you richer in terms of monetary wealth, but in terms of social richness it will be a benefit to everyone. In this vacancy you do have to ask hard questions of yourselves, specifically about mission. And you have to be honest and examine if you have in fact been showing God's love to other people. If you love your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind, it will be second nature to you to love your neighbors. Now is the period of discernment. Now is a time to seek God's will and to do that You really do need to engage with Scripture and spend time in contemplation and prayer. But know that God's love is with you at all times and know that he will guide you into the place that he wants you to be. Whatever your feelings are at this time, please trust God to take you forward in his wonderful love. Allow him to guide you in his way, and his way is love. Amen. We're going to sing again. I've left my order of service down there, um, but you'll see the hymn numbers up the board. And I know it is, we sing a love that sets all people free. And now I believe uh, the choir have an anthem for us today. I look forward to hearing the choir sing. I think poor Alan's got a long journey to make. Thank you very much to the choir. I enjoyed hearing that. Let's dedicate our offerings now. Loving God, because we love you and because we want to show our love for our neighbor, we bring our gifts today. Because we want the whole world to share in the joy of knowing you as God, we bring ourselves. Accept our offerings and keep us in your love for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. And now I invite Muriel to come and share with us the prayer for ours.
2: Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you in prayer this morning, we ask that we might be a holy people, a praying people, a serving people, and a people who are prepared to give of themselves. May those who have gone before us be an example for all of us. We praise your name for all that you've created, and we acknowledge the responsibilities that you have placed upon us as stewards of your creation. May the Holy Spirit inspire all political leaders of COP26 as they seek to embrace the changes needed to foster a more sustainable society. Instill in them the courage and the gentleness to implement fairer solutions for the poorest and most vulnerable and commit their nations to the care of our common home. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of compassion, we ask that you bring healing and peace to the nations in conflict. Where there is political instability and where COVID still rages through the population, protect those who are poor and hungry and give them hope. Move those with plenty to share with those who have little and help all people to love their neighbour as themselves. We thank you for organizations around the world who are working in these countries, trying to make a difference. We pray for our community that you have placed us in as we seek ways to reach out, sharing your love. Help us, Lord, to identify where the greatest needs are and to find ways in which we can help. Thank you Lord for all who work tirelessly within our congregation, giving of their gifts and talents, serving you Lord, so that we may be an effective body within our community. We pray for our young people who are responsible, we are responsible for here at St. George's. Our boys brigade, girls brigade, girl guides, lighthouse kids, Sunday school and creche, May you bless each child, protect them from the things of this world that would pull them away from following Jesus. We also pray for those who lead them. May you give them wisdom as they seek to work with these young people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, we lift up before you those within our congregation who are laying to rest a loved one In the coming weeks will you comfort them strengthen them and give them peace we remember those who are sick whether at home or in hospital those who are waiting for results of tests and those who are housebound again Lord may we may your love and grace abound in their lives and may they know your presence with them and now we just take a moment to bring those who are on our hearts before the Lord. All of these prayers we bring in the name of you, Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
1: Thank you very much, Muriel. It was nice to be able to share with you in worship once more this morning. We're going to sing again, and we're going to sing hymn 544, When I Needed a Neighbour, Were You There, Were You There. My goodness, there's some scary people here this morning. Do you always get dressed up like this when you come to Sunday school, do you? Wow, is there something special happening? It's no, is it? Yes. Gosh, does that mean people might be coming to my door tonight? Yes. Better shut it then, do you think? What have you been doing today? I know Barry told me you were doing something special. She told me it was a special day, not just Halloween, but a special day. What was it?
3: It's Ice Cream
1: Sunday. Sunday. It's Ice Cream Sunday. That's correct. <laughs> and another special thing about today, the reason why you're baking these cookies. Halloween
3: cookies.
1: Right, I know you're, they're Halloween cookies.
3: Halloween
1: cookies. Huh. But I heard that it was National Cookie Day. Sure. Uh
3: uh-huh.
1: I didn't. I didn't know that they even had a National Cookie Day. A cookie. But it must be because you've got cookies. they very, they're very scary cookies. You want to stand up and show the people what your cookies are like. Wow. These look fabulous. What are you going to do with your cookies? Eat them. (laughs)
3: them.
1: You know, as somebody once said to me, ask a silly question.
3: Wait,
1: are you going to take them home? And eat them. And eat them. Or are you going to take them home and share them with somebody?
3: So I to I'm not, I'm not a well I don't really have anyone to
1: show up. I'm I'm just because I made some for my big brother who didn't come. You oh that's Do you, you know s- made some for your big brother who didn't come today. That is wonderful. I think it, I think you know, people in your house, <laughs> mum and dad, big brothers, sisters, might like to taste your cookies, don't you think? You're just eating yours to make sure you don't take it home, I can tell.
3: <laughs> Is it good?
1: I asked Vary if she thought I would get to taste the cookies, but I think you should take them home actually. <laughs> That's The poisonous cookies. Well, I'm definitely not eating the poisonous cookies. Well, I think they all look fantastic. And, you know, I was just thinking when I heard you were making cookies and it was International Cookie Day, and I thought, you know, in in Glasgow, starting today, there's going to be this great big meeting. Oh, thousands of people are going to it from all over the world. COP26, you're absolutely correct, COP26, and as I was sitting, thinking about you and your cookies, I thought, wouldn't it be a better meeting if all these delegates brought a cookie from their country to it, to share with other people, how good would that be? You don't think that would be, you think that would be cool, I think it would be cool too.
4: No. No, well,
1: well, good for your dad. He's
3: That's
1: right, you give it to your dad. I just think if people shared their cookies with others, then it's easier to make friends. It's difficult not to make friends with somebody who's saying, would you like a
3: cookie?
1: You know? So I just thought, could you imagine them all coming into Glasgow, everybody with their cookies? That would be fantastic. I don't think it will happen, though but that would be a good idea. And you keep that in mind in the future if you're going to be doing something. It's always nice to make your cookies, but it's also nice to share your cookies with other people. Well, I think you've had lots of fun today and it looks fantastic. And I think you should take them home and share them with someone else, because I think that would be... We've been in the church today talking about love and how we share love with other people, and one of the good ways of sharing love would be to share your cookies with other people. Don't you think so? I think so. It's really nice to meet this morning. I'm not so sure about that skull that's lighting up all the time. I'm a bit, you know, a bit worried about that. Sorry.
3: I don't like
1: cookie cookie cookies. Mom? Spooky. Mom? Spooky cookies. I've got it. I'm not with it, folks. Spooky cookies. They're actually called hilarious fun cookies. cookies. Well, I hope you had hilarious fun with them. We're going to sing a hymn now so that we can bring the service. And it's a hymn that says, Thank you for all the good things that we've got, including spooky cookies. (laughs) So we are going to sing to finish the service this morning. We're going to sing 231 for the fruits of all creation. loves you. Go out to the world and share that love with others. Go and show them that God loves them too. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you on this day and forevermore.